Downloading verbally committed. Welcome to verbally committed. Well, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. Verbally? Yeah, yeah, you like that one? Let that one soak in for a minute. Committed. Well, what do you think? What kind of questions are? I mean, I'll answer your questions, not your insults. I'm not going to, so quit asking. What else do you want to know? See, I'm bitterly disappointed. Can't make that any more clear. Now, Connor Ryan and Mike Gilligan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode six, the Baker Mayfield episode of Verbally Committed, <laughs> presented by Couch Guy Sports. Gilly sporting the handlebar mustache with the chuckle there. <laughs> what a look, Gilly. I mean, every week you're coming up with something new. I I, I appreciate that. Dude, actually, a lot of people are like low-key low in favor of it. It's weird. I don't know. I was expecting you to shave it literally like an hour after I did it, like just to shock my parents and girlfriend. And then now all of a sudden everyone's like, keep it for a little bit. See, I like, yeah. I like it. I like seeing your face. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but things are getting crazy. COVID, it's COVID brain over here. For those that can't yeah. see, <laughs> for those that can't see Gilly sporting the handlebar Fu Manchu mustache. So, I mean, it's quite the... It's quite the. I've tried going with a mustache before. I looked like a pedophile. I looked awful. I had to shave it like <laughs> two hours after I did, after I like shaved the rest of my face because it just looks so terrible. But uh, yeah, after the cop cars rolled up to his apartment. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, "Just stay away from that little girl, girl, sir." And I'm like, "That's my. What are you talking about? Like, that's my sister." But whatever. Um, we also want to welcome in fellow Couch Guy sports writer John McCormick. John, how are you tonight? I'm good, Connor. Mike, guys, thanks for having me. Um, you guys are great to listen to. I'm excited to be on and uh, happy to talk some college football. I mean, just because you're on here doesn't mean you have to kiss our ass, John, but we appreciate it. Uh, anyways, my first pressing question for John here tonight is not college sports related. Um, but for those that don't know, John, he writes on the Couch Guy Sports website just like Gilly and I do. In fact, he just came out with a blog today about the possibility of the Miami Heat maybe winning the championship in Orlando, as far-fetched as that idea seems. But they were a sneaky good team in real life. However, they were a pretty damn shitty team in NBA 2K. And for those that don't know, if you look on the stats for Couch Guy Sports, at least like once a week, uh, there's a day where why 2K is trash is like the top click of the week. And it was written by none other than John McCormick. John, me and Gilly are avid 2K players. We have like a, oh. a, a little cloud note of like 70 games that we play every year, like between us on 2K, which Gilly is winning, by the way. But I was on a hot streak when we like kind of stopped and moved on to Star Wars Battlefront. But anyways, why do right. you hate NBA 2K? Um, I think it's – well, I've had 2K since like – I think 2K16 was the one that I got um, freshman year of college. I played it. It was fine. Then 2K17 I got. I think that had Paul George on the cover. That one, you'd put yeah. it in, take an hour, hour and a half to load. But I, I had Xbox, so people with PlayStation, I wouldn't know, be like, I don't know, PlayStation's loading faster, loading faster. So I was like, oh, maybe it's a Microsoft problem. So then I tried it on my other friend's Xbox. Same thing happened. So I was like, I'm done with this piece of shit series. That was bad. So I, I forgot about that. I haven't. You're right. Yeah. 2K17, it, it totally, like, threw me off. And just one thing with it is they always, like, pride themselves. And they're like, oh, no, there's going to be a new game this year, a new game this year. But all they're really doing is just adding more sweat and putting, you know, <laughs> updating rosters. So it's like, why am I going to shell out 60 bucks for a half-assed game where I can go and, like, go get, like, a new Call of Duty or something, which isn't any better some days. But <laughs> it's it's a little more different than 2K. So it, it I just can't play 2K. I can't do it. It's the servers. It's it's everything that they stand for. It's it's yeah. No. So do you have this year's? All right. So I have the Xbox Game Pass. So when it was free a couple uh, months ago, I downloaded it, and my friends were like, "Yeah, just just get it. We'll play my park, my park." And I was like, "All right, fine." So I I caved and I got it. So I got it, and they were like, "No, they fixed the servers. They updated everything. They made it a lot smoother." Which apparently they did, but I I didn't get that far in it to find out. So. Yeah. After, you know, taking up the majority of my Xbox and storage, it finally downloads. So I started playing it. And then you have to go through the NBA combine, which I was not prepped for. So I'm sitting there, you know, struggling with the, the left and right trigger trying to do the bench press. And I was like, <laughs> I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. It's not letting me play what I wanted to play. So 
I uninstalled it. I totally wasted like two two hours downloading it. So I yeah, yeah I got to the combine and was like, nah, it's just not for me. But maybe I'll try it in 21. I maybe <laughs> the new gen consoles will figure it out. Maybe 2K will be better compatible with it. But I I don't know. I until they can give me something that's different and hasn't been the same shit that they've been pooping out, I I can't I can't stick with it. No, that's fair. It, I mean, realistically, too, I think Connor will agree. It is kind of uh, very much the the kind of the same game with such minor like changes over time mm. as well. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's one of those things that we kind of found our niche in terms of like we just play like three randoms and we get to choose one against each other in terms of teams. But I, I probably yeah. haven't done the, the my player like online my park stuff as much as um, I think most people that are upset with like Rodney 2K and all them in terms of the 2K yeah, yeah. like community and whatnot. But um, so I feel that, though. No, that's funny though. Yeah, I, I I read your article too on um Zion. Not a not a fan of Zion on the cover. <laughs> too soon. Yeah, nice. Make, yeah, too 19th. soon. I mean, I understand yeah. they want to market him, but that yeah. felt too soon. Yeah, he signed with 2K apparently, so he was getting the cover regardless. It was just a matter of what year, and it just so happened it was 19 games in is when he got it. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Got to get that VC, you know. <laughs> yeah, in real life, that real life VC. My yeah. favorite thing about 2K is how they uh, they try to brag about their graphics every year by just showing really like guys getting sweatier and sweatier every year. That's all they do. They're like, look how much this mm-hmm. guy's sweating compared to last year. Unreal. Our graphics are incredible. Trailer, like, <laughs> yeah, dripping. Yeah, it's like one of those He's old Gatorade dri- like, commercials. Look at this where sweat it's like sweat just... Yeah, yeah. Look at the wind blowing through his jersey. It's like they didn't ask for that. No, Madden's right. terrible. Madden, Madden's. Yeah, no, Madden's not any better. Deal. But I, I can right. tolerate Madden because I think EA makes better products than 2K does. So, so are you out on 2K that's, golf? That's oh, true. 2K uh, golf. There hasn't been a golf game in <laughs> yeah. years, so I, I, I can't, I can't write it off yet. So no, I, I, I will I'm, be getting it. I will be playing it, but hopefully it loads up. I'm excited for 2K golf. Uh, John, what's your what's your Twitter handle? What Instagram, whatever social media is people can find you and follow you at? Um, so Twitter and Instagram are the same thing. It is Uncle underscore Mac four. Um, those are the two ones I use is Twitter and Instagram. Okay, and again, he writes for Couch like Guy it. Sports. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Couch Guy Sports on the rise. Listen to all their podcasts on my exercise, my little run today. I just listened to uh quality and scally the i guess the godfather podcast of couch guy sports they talked to evan lazar about the new england patriots that was a good show legends lingo uh they kind of had a lost episode that they just released that was another good one i listened to the other day um into the triangle is back the rafters pod they're all great and then there's new shows coming out for couch guy sports too uh, a big get i think for couch guy sports brianna Pierre is that how you say her name pyre pyre with two r's something like that She's big on Patriots Twitter. She's starting like a new show this Friday on Couch Guy Sports. Um, that's going to be really good. And then uh, I'm not sure if they've announced it yet, but I guess I'll kind of hint at it here. Me and uh, one of my other good friends uh, over on Small State Big Takes, another podcast on Couch Guy Sports, Steve Scott, might be starting a quick little YouTube show about um, fake online uh, virtual football. So uh, be on the lookout for that. You can just say fantasy football. That's just a weird. (laughs) I'm trying to read between the lines here, Gilly. Um, So people could be doing like Tecmo Bowl Sims online. Like you're not talking about that. That's that's fake football. That's online. That's yeah. They're going to think it's going part of the Couch Guy Sports Twitch stream, which is up and running. Follow that, Uh, Mike Yeva, playing games on that. I don't know sure exactly what games he's been playing. I think Warzone a lot, and then uh, Valorant too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, what happened really was I got fooled by a fake map from Parstool. I <laughs> tweeted it out from our verbally committed account because, and I even wrote or not wrote, but I read a blog a couple of weeks ago by Barstool about these guys that were like, we put out these fake maps all the time and people fall for it all the time. And they said like the key is you have to put like a couple of states that make total sense. So people are like, okay, that, that makes sense. A few that are like, well, I could see that. And then you got to throw some just absolutely asinine random ones in there that make people freak out. And I freaked out because it said the <laughs> everyone's favorite team in the state of Michigan was the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I tweeted out that even the Wolverines get an L because their own state doesn't even root for their rival. 
And Gilly made a good point where I got suckered into the fact that Nebraska was rooting for the University of Nebraska. And I that was like, okay, that's all I need you to put see. Put on your blinders, at, anything after that, yeah. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> all right, this is totally believable because you're right, Gilly, I, I, I saw that. And then if you look at the rest of the map, like the Cleveland Browns are the most popular team in the state of Ohio. Uh, the Miami Marlins in Florida. I mean, there was a few that were just bad. I'll admit it. I got fooled. I think it was like the sport sporting house. Uh, either the company that uh, well, apparently this study was from. If you took sports a, a housing and or whatever, recreational the, tourism statistics, aka yeah, sharts, sharts, <laughs> aka sharts. I got fooled by sharts. I'll admit it. I will sit here and admit it. I got fooled there by There were sharks. so many bad ones, though. There were so many. Like, New England was untouched. Uh, but even New York. New York had the Bills, which I think was just yeah, kind of funny. Right. I mean, there just... yeah. The one that uh, um, caught me on it was uh, California with the Chargers. That's because – Yeah, you're not... right. <laughs> it would have got me, but I was looking at it, and I was like, I don't think that's that's right. But I was like, I, I don't know. Maybe people just didn't vote. So <laughs> I will... And then um, – uh, Tennessee and uh, Mississippi was another big one that was like, wait, what? <laughs> because that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Tennessee was Mississippi. Uh, like South Carolina was South Carolina, which I guess could make sense. Uh, Yankees and Montana? I don't know if that's like a, a joke. Well, I can, you can see that one. <laughs> yeah. <There's> Supersonics <laughs> in Washington. They don't even exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love how they, oh, they kept New England intact, though. They're like, we don't want to mess with them. We don't want to start. Yeah, they or the the Celtics in Alaska and the Phoenix Coyotes in Arizona. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> they they had some on there that definitely uh, they made sense and that they said that's how you get them. So I I'll, I'll take it. Big L for me instead, not Michigan. <laughs> I uh, I fell for. Also on our Twitter though, we we had a big day on today on Twitter thanks to uh, Mike Gilligan, the uh, Mr. Fu Manchu over there. <laughs> um, I guess Big Cat announced that Coach Duggerton is retiring from NCAA Football 14, so he's going to take a break, but start up a new game. We suggested he he play NCAA Basketball 10 with uh, Blake of the Year, Blake Griffin on the cover. That, that got some good love there, Gilly. Good job. It did. It did. I'm just I, – I live on the, uh, the peripherals of Twitter. Didn't really turn into any follows, just uh, a couple hundred likes. It never so does. We'll take what we can yeah. get. <laughs> The two times that any of our tweets have blown up have been like, pardon my take, big cat stuff. Gilly just knows how to like talk to that and pander to that crowd. So yeah. I, yeah. I guess I the mustache makes sense then if we're talking in terms of the, the big cat crowd. That's tr- big cat crowd. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> as soon as you put we, Blake of the year and it's they're gonna start hitting I know the lake, everyone so. eats it up. They're like, oh, oh yeah, love it. Love. Did you guys ever play those games, <laughs> those uh, NCAA basketball games? Of course. I still have it. Yeah. I got yeah, the I Kevin Love edition. Kevin Love, I think, was my favorite, to be honest, because it was yeah, like that was a good one. Most up to date rosters without because the year after, the, to be honest, the Blake Griffin cover, it's kind of like eh, not not the greatest, but yeah, because with Kevin like Love, it. you still have Steph Curry, um, you still have like Jimmy Barron for URI. I used, yeah, I used to play as Rhode Island only exclusively yeah. online. I actually I had a high ranking. That was like back in the day where they had like leaderboards that were like attainable for normal people, and yeah. <laughs> I remember being up there and being like, yes. Just planners Rhode Island, but, but yeah. yeah, that's so good job, Gilly. Way, way to go! Thanks. That's uh, hopefully our Twitter account so does not an get L for you, but anymore. a W for me. <laughs> I took a big L. Yeah, I'll admit that. I, I will. Uh, I will wear that one on the chin for sure. So, um, but go ahead, follow us at uh, Pod Verbal Commit. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. That's pretty much really, I think, all where anyone needs to find us at. So. Um, and of course, on Couch Guy Sports as well as all three of us write on there every week. All right, well, let's uh, I guess get down into it. This week is going to be, I guess, kind of a more serious episode, you could say, as compared to our other ones where we're talking about like pretty uniforms and you know, uh, you know, teams we love or hate. This one's actually going to be like serious business stuff in terms of the college football world. We kind of hit on it a little bit last week with the Ivy League pushing their uh, season to the spring. And then as soon as we release last week's episode, like an hour later, the Big Ten drops the bombshell that they are canceling their non-conference games, playing a conference-only schedule. The Pac-12 quickly jumps in with them. But uh, let's be completely honest here. 
Who gives a fuck about the Pac-12? Nobody. Um, facts. Well, let's, facts. Let's <laughs> focus <football>. on. <laughs> God damn it, they are awful. Let's focus on. Uh, let's focus on the Big Ten here, and, and let's. I guess kind of start with just what our initial reactions are of this. And this is a big reason we kind of brought John on here this week is because he wrote um, a blog about his favorite team, Notre Dame, and their situation in all this. And then uh, in that blog, he also pointed out what he thought about the Big Ten's decision, which he was very blunt with. So, John, I'm going to start with you. And uh, what, what were your takes from uh, the Big Ten going to it, just a, a all-conference schedule? It doesn't make any sense it's so the way like i i thought of it it's like all right so you have penn state going to minnesota which is it's it's a a plane ride and then you have notre dame and wisconsin get canceled which was in lambo and that's pretty much like a backyard game for both of them so i i don't know where the big 10 really came up with this whole um conference only like i i i think a lot of it was that the commissioner and the, and the board of directors or whoever the hell made the decision, I think they rushed it. I think they jumped the gun on it. I think they were extremely nervous that the season was just going to get flat out canceled. So they did the best possible thing without thinking. Um, and they said, we're just going to do conference games. But, you know, at the end of the day, the NCAA still hasn't come out and made an official statement on anything about football. I mean, if maybe they have, I don't know, maybe I missed it, but I, I don't think they have. Um, so I think the conferences now are taking it totally into their own hands and are just doing the best thing that they think is right, but not really putting much thought into it. Like it doesn't make sense for Penn State to travel to Minnesota, but it, it makes no sense that like Notre Dame can't play Wisconsin when it's pretty much like a backyard game. So I, I don't know what they were thinking. Part of me agrees with that because let's take a team like, and you mentioned Notre Dame, we'll, we'll talk about them in a little bit, but let's, let's take a team like, Iowa. I hate Iowa. Okay. So let's not get this twisted here. Um, but Iowa on their non-conference schedule had both Iowa state and the university of Northern Iowa. Are you trying to tell me that all of a sudden that's dangerous to drive yeah. to Ames to have Northern Iowa and Cedar Bluffs drive down to Iowa city, but traveling to, and I don't have Iowa's schedule in front of me. I should, but say, you know, flying to Columbus, flying to Ann Arbor, flying all the way to Piscataway, New Jersey to play Rutgers, that makes it more safe. I think the travel part of it doesn't make sense because that's kind of always been the issue is you're taking these guys in a very highly contagious disease and shoving them on a bus where all the air is circulated, on a plane where all the air is circulated um, and germs are spread very easily. The only reason I kind of see that this makes sense for the Big Ten is that you have a unified process in which to test players, a unified process in which teams agree, hey, if this guy's sick, just quarantine him, or you have to do this, that, or whatever. The Big Ten can set that precedent, because that's the biggest thing is the NCAA, uh, among the four major sports that we've seen kind of trying to figure out, are do we play, do we not, How, do we have fans, do we have this, do we have that, is they all have a commissioner that has the final say of, yes, we are doing this, no, we are doing that, this is how we're testing, this is how we're handling this we're handling that the NCAA doesn't have that one person to say this is what we are doing for everybody it's up to every conference's discretion and so the Big Ten just kind of models themselves I could see it where I mean let's say each conference has a different way of testing a different way of doing this and Ohio State and Oregon were supposed to play this year Oregon comes up the week before Ohio State with 10 players coming down with COVID-19 and all of a sudden they cancel their game and Ohio State's sitting there with their hands up saying, well, what the fuck is this? Um, whereas if you have the Big Ten and say, look, if you, it doesn't matter. You have to sit those kids home, but you're going to play anyways or we're going to cancel the game or postpone it to your bye week. I think that's where it makes a little bit of sense for the Big Ten. But I, I'm in agreement with you here, John, where the travel doesn't really make a whole lot of sense uh, in terms of trying to limit the coronavirus spread. Oh, well, I, um, I was just going to kind of say, because I would, um, I, I kind of, uh, I don't necessarily agree, but I do understand kind of where it's coming from in the sense of like, just kind of like what Connor alluded to, you kind of go by a conference by conference, uh, different protocols and stuff. So it's like, all of a sudden, if someone's non-conference schedule has some rogue uh, type school or conference that isn't really enforcing it to the same degree that uh, 
uh, a Big Ten school should be in terms of a testing, um, even just normal team protocols and whatever bubble situation should go on when they're at, at like out on campus. Um, but even think about the locations, though. For for example, I think Minnesota op- was supposed to open up their year against Florida Atlantic, like that. It's just it, it kind of makes more sense to be like, you know what, if we're not going to are we going to say no to Florida Atlantic because it's like these kids are coming from the hotbed of covid in Florida? Or do we just say, you know what, no non-conference at all rather than than to just exclude these Florida schools and these Texas schools that are out of the conference? You know what I mean? So th- that's where I think that it could have been a little controversial. Um, and even from I don't know, I don't know from a. I don't think from a legal perspective, it would be uh, a disaster. But at the same time, all of a sudden you might have um, those local um, businesses and whatnot that were depending on um, Minnesota coming, or actually I think Minnesota was uh, at home against Florida Atlantic, but in certain situations where it's like, all right, it kind of affects the economy. If that big, big team on a home and home is not coming this year, uh, but they're also going elsewhere. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. It's, um, and I, I like the point you guys brought up. It's a lot easier to discipline within your own conference than it would be to outside of a conference. Like, like say, what if Oregon was Oregon playing at Ohio State? I think so. Site? I think it was in Columbus this year, yeah. Well, like you said, it would be a lot harder if, like, Oregon went down and then, like, they played the game and then they tested after. And it's like, oh, shit, no, someone just tested positive. And then it's like, all right, well, now the whole now you're canceling the entire season. So now it's. So I, I do understand where they're coming from with the, the conferences, but the, when I looked at it, it was like the traveling is the big thing. You're putting these kids on planes, yeah. you're bringing them into a, a yeah. an environment that might not be totally safe. So it's 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 that line where it's like you have to draw it, but where? No, I totally agree because travel, I think, is the biggest issue. You can do everything of give every kid their own hotel room you know, sanitize lockers or give kids their own lockers, have them dress in their hotel and then just drive to the stadium. But still the being on a bus, being on a plane with everybody is is the biggest issue. Gilly, you, you brought up a good point uh, that I think in terms of the money. I mean, let's be honest. Yes, we love sports because it's the competition. It's the, the tradition, the beauty. But especially in college, it is a lot about money. College football is the, the, the hog for just about every single school. They have to have college football to fund just about any other sport. And I'm not saying women's sports. I'm, I'm saying even men's baseball, um, ice hockey, wrestling, anything like that. They have to have football to be able to fund that sport. And not only that, but these teams that are now being canceled. Like I said, Iowa, Northern Iowa now does not get a payday because they don't play Iowa. Northern Illinois doesn't get a payday. All these MAC teams, all these non-Power 5 schools that were supposed to get basically a million dollars to go play these Power 5 teams and lose – no longer have that million dollars in their budget. That's a huge, a huge loss for them. And speaking of the local economy, let's remember that while, yes, most of these college towns are, you know, kind of self-sustainable, do depend on those six, seven Saturdays a year where the town is packed and everyone's buying stuff from them because they're not like a New York where if the NFL's canceled, New York can sustain itself, Chicago, L.A., Boston. Those cities will be fine if sports are canceled. I, I've never been there, but a Tuscaloosa, Alabama, is that going to be okay without college football? And Ann Arbor, Michigan, there are smaller towns that are very dependent on these schools playing football. I mean, the money is a huge factor in this, I think. That's a good point. Very much. I, I didn't think of the, um, you know, like the non-Power 5 teams coming to get the shit kicked out of them for a million bucks. You don't think of that until it's, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't happen. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, we don't have that check anymore. But I was thinking more of like, yeah. what about like the big games? Like, what about like, you know, I don't want to keep bringing up Notre Dame, but like Notre Dame Clemson and like Notre Dame Wisconsin at Lambeau, like those are already like sold out. And so now it's, now they're, yep. one's not playing and the other one's in dire jeopardy of not playing. It, it, even if it does play, one of fans. So there goes your ticket sales. Yeah. No, that's going to be a disaster to kind of recoup all that too. On, uh, you know what I mean? Because it's like, especially with the way that so many teams have their their next year already planned out, it's not like you can just be like, you know what, we'll get you back next year, fans. Let's let's run it back. It's like, no, that's not how it's gonna fly. I don't know. No. Yeah, that's gonna be. I'll get you back in ten years. (laughs) 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, we always make the joke, the, you know, North Dakota State beats Iowa State in Ames that, oh, they just paid them $1.5 million to beat them. Ha, ha, ha. But, I mean, it's that's very true. A lot of those smaller programs bank on that money to fund anything else. So that's a lot that they just lost out of the Big Ten. Um, kind of another question I had out of this was, let's say – Let's say other conferences follow the Ivy League, who canceled all their fall sports, push it to spring, hope there's a vaccine over the winter months, or we just get this under control by March, April. Would you guys rather play a kind of, maybe half-assed isn't quite the right phrasing for it, but I mean, kind of like no fans or 20% capacity of fans and taking all these precautions to coronavirus during the fall? Or would you rather just postpone the the season to the spring and say, okay, now we can have full stadiums, full everything. Coronavirus is not that big of a deal anymore. Which would you rather have? You go first, John. This is all you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say move it to spring. Um, I think if you move it to spring with the way the season is set up now, not the season, but like sports, like the sports world right now. So you have like, NBA and you're going to have MLB at least going until October, I think. And then you have the NFL starting end of August, early September. So if you take football, if you take college football, just pick it up and drop it into the spring. I could totally, totally get behind um, like nice weather going to a tailgate or like, like a Saturday night in like beautiful weather outside like saturday night like ohio state michigan game like i i could i could just totally totally get behind that um and you know i'm i'm not the biggest baseball fan i think baseball's tough to watch unless you go to the parks so i think to have something else on tv sports wise especially with like the nba um you know who knows what the nba is doing for next year same with baseball who knows what they're doing but nfl will be done by then if you start in say like march um so then if if you just do a full a full calendar year of football it's like that's great that's awesome that's true that's interesting because it's i mean i I guess the question is going to be this is kind of obviously bigger scope like okay vaccine we think in hopefully early 2021 seems like the kind of positive way of thinking right Mm now um is it distributed in a way that's going to be um i don't know accessible you know what i mean to all these especially realistically if you're having kids back on college campuses which would probably be necessary to have at least maybe 50 percent capacity of these stadiums you know what i mean realistically just just yep. trying to think of like what state um colleges would have to be at um yeah i i guess i'd probably prefer the spring in that sense just because I, I i feel like right now too it's just it's just like one kind of disaster away from uh um, kind of just unraveling and then all of a sudden we're playing the game where it's like all right well ball state they've got some guys that were uh that came down with it who did they play the previous season and then it's just like the trickle down effect like when the nba thing happened with the jazz where it was like jazz came into contact i think indirectly with like every other nba team over the past like 15 to 20 days which is wild because it's like well we played them who then played so and so like it so the, the trickle down effect is yeah. crazy so i am a little nervous about that to be honest with college football especially because it's like th- these are kids and especially you got some kids that are I, I shouldn't say dumb but like you know what i mean i don't know i, I wasn't that intelligent at 19 years old especially if i had more athletic ability i feel like i would have been a little bit more full of myself like feeling invincible and shit so um it, it's gonna be You're tough so I, I probably would uh, you're right. You're right. Being on, on that. I mean, look at your must- look, look at look at your mustache on your face. It tells you that it tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> if this mustache could talk, if this stash could talk, but um, but yeah, no, I I guess I would probably prefer spring too. Even with a, I don't know. I feel like even fifty percent capacity stadiums would be um kind of an optimistic thought. But what about you, Connor? What would you prefer if you had your druthers? So there's a couple of things that roll around my brain when I think about this and first off is a couple that's all that's going on up there John I didn't say I was intelligent I've never been accused of being smart I was just saying you're not that intelligent two cells rolling around at one time (laughs) so when it goes to pushing the season to the spring first thought that comes to my mind is weather um I mean obviously you're gonna have like like John said 
uh, Ohio State, Michigan, all of a sudden you're going to be playing in like beautiful 65 degree spring weather. It's going to be uh, gorgeous. You can't beat it. That makes sense. But the beginning of that Big Ten season, especially the Big Ten, that is going to be a shit show weather wise. Because, uh, I mean, you guys, you live in the Northeast, so you kind of understand it. But out here, March and beginning of April, not exactly nice weather in terms of Big Ten country. That is still snow. That is still sleet. That is uh, freezing rain. Um, every once in a while, you get a 60-degree day, and it, it reminds you, hey, you know, maybe uh, hey, spring is around the corner, and then you get smacked in the face with a blizzard at you on in the middle of March. So um, that's one thing that makes me wonder about pushing it to the spring. And then the other one, which I want to ask you guys, is how it affects recruiting because there's a lot of – I mean, National Signing Day and even the early signing days in January, February, and then National Signing Day in March, does that push recruiting back? Do you keep recruiting the same? You know, kids rely on, like, school visits, going to games, seeing the atmosphere, yada, yada, yada. And then not only that, but let's also talk about, say, and this is the, this is the one I keep kind of coming back to, say you're Trevor Lawrence. You're the number one overall pick, whether you play or not. Do you need to play in the spring thinking if I get hurt, that kills my draft stock? Say say this happened a year ago. We pushed the season to spring. Tua Tagovailoa gets hurt his hip in April when they play Mississippi State. And the draft stays on course in May and or June. They push it back another month. Who knows? If it's a couple of months removed from Tua's hip injury, he's not a first-round pick anymore. There's no shot. There's no chance nobody still nobody's touching him he's not first round pick if you're trevor lawrence and the season gets pushed to spring i'm saying that's fine i'm not playing i'm the number one overall pick i don't have to prove anything to anyone else i don't know what what do you guys what do you guys think of that that's i'm okay with it and like i'm with you guys where i'm fine with nice weather i'd rather see the stadiums packed full and then the fans have an impact in 20 percent there and it feels like um all of a sudden you know austin stadium the Horseshoe in Columbus, the Big House in Ann Arbor, Bryant-Denny Stadium down in Alabama all of a sudden feel like Bloomington, Indiana uh, every 11 a.m. start time every Saturday. I'd rather see stadiums full, people tailgating, having a good time, no precautions whatsoever. But I do think there's some drawbacks to that that could have some serious implications. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you're like a high-level recruit if you'd play. I mean – there's going to be a risk injury in every play you play. So if you're going to sit True. out because of injury, it's, it's like, all right, well, you could, you could have said that about the 11 other games you just played earlier this year. You know, you, they always say you, you're one, you're one hit away from retiring. So with Trevor Lawrence, I mean, and, and the same with two, I mean, this draft class was pretty bad this year. I mean, outside of Burroughs, I thought the quarterbacks were all mediocre. So, um, of course, Tua was, you know, the next guy and the next best quarterback. I mean, I don't think Justin Herbert's that good. Um, and I also don't think Tua is that good, but he was good in that draft. So if you're, you know, top 10 guy in your draft and you get hurt and you're playing spring football and the season starts in the spring for you in the NFL, say it does eventually come back to September if it continues to continues to start in September and they don't move it back because of this. Um, and you're kind of going from college football to the NFL and you get hurt. I think at the end of the day, if you're a top 10 talent, you're a top 10 talent. So I don't know if, I don't know how NFL teams would, would view it. I mean, if, if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, Trevor Lawrence is still going to be the number one overall pick because whoever's going to be the number one overall pick is going to be there for a reason because they can't move the ball on offense and Trevor Lawrence can move the ball on offense. So I, I don't, I don't really know what would go through players' minds. I don't know what would go through NFL scouts' minds. Um, it, it would it would definitely be interesting to watch. I think we would see a lot more players sit for, like, maybe if they were on the fence, maybe, like, All right, maybe I could be a, a mid to late first round, maybe even a second rounder. I blow my knee out. There's no way I'm getting drafted now because I'm not as good as a top 10 talent. I'm not even as good as a top 15 talent. So I, I think it's going to based on like how good of a play you are pretty much it's going to come down to yeah yeah no that's a good point though because it is like a time thing too where it's like i was kind of thinking along the lines of like john mentioned where it's like well trevor lawrence he's basically in the same boat 
So you, you got 10 games where you're kind of risking it all either way, whether it be in the, the fall or the spring um, in terms of like your health, he's probably going to be a first rounder in the number one pick either way, as long as it's nothing crazy, crazy of an injury. Um, but, um, but at the same time too, it's, I, I feel like that would kind of hurt draft stock a little bit, right? Like is even um, when Bosa, like um, uh, was it Nick Bosa? Yeah. It wasn't Joey. Um, took himself out of uh, Ohio state um, after he got hurt. We're just kind of like uh, unenrolled himself to, to go work and get ready for the NFL draft. At the same time, if Trevor Lawrence, if he really wanted to, he could do that right now, realistically, and still probably be at least top five pick. And that's probably comfortable, assuming he just doesn't do anything stupid training-wise. Um, so it's it's one of those things, though. But at the same time, if you're an NFL scout, aren't you also a little – or maybe not the scout, but maybe like the GM thinking like, well – when it comes down to it, if this guy, if there's an opportunity for um, a guy to hold out, that's probably your guy in terms of a, a guy who's willing to sit out um, and kind of just put himself above like the team. So I don't know. That would be my reaction if a guy like Lawrence were to, to sit out in a situation like that. But again, it does make sense if it's like all of a sudden we're playing in the springtime and it's like, all right, he's going to play for how many months and then get drafted immediately after. It really does derail his uh, his NFL career. So I kind of I guess I'm meandering on uh, on both sides of the fence. It's an interesting so. thought, interesting discussion to have. But I mean, that's not a decision anybody outside the Ivy League has made yet. So nothing we have to totally dive deep into. But I do want to jump in to the reason, the big reason we have John on this episode. Um, he wrote a, a good blog last week about Notre Dame saying that they need to join a conference. Um, he says he's a, he's a diehard Notre Dame fighting Irish fan. And with the Big Ten canceling their non-conference games and the, some other conferences kind of looking to do the same thing, kind of leaves Notre Dame on the outside. And when Big Ten announced that, Notre Dame became all of a sudden trending on Twitter because a lot of people realized, well, shit, Notre Dame's just kind of out on their own now because they're an independent who rely on non-conference games. Um, and John, you had an interesting take as a, a diehard fighting Irish fan. I would have figured you guys relish the fact that you're an independent and on your own, do your own thing. But you said they need to join a conference. I found that interesting. Break that down for me. Yeah. So I, you know, I still think them being an independent's fine, but I, I think this might be the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel on that, uh, chapter of Notre Dame's life, um, I think the most ideal one would be to join the ACC. I think between the ACC and the Big Ten, the ACC needs Notre Dame more. Um, you know, think of the Big Ten. They got Ohio State. They got Michigan. Michigan State when they're good. Um, you know, they got good programs. ACC, first one you think of is Clemson, and I think that's all they have. Uh, Miami sucks. Virginia, I, you know, they're turning around down there in Virginia. You know, Virginia Tech's okay every year, but if you – put Notre Dame into the ACC, they automatically become like, depending on where they play, they're going to play in the ACC championship every year. So they're either going to play Clemson for a spot or play Clemson for the championship. So I, I but I, I do think it's time for, you know, schedule stability, but even though they do have a contract with like the ACC, the big 10, the PAC 12, you know, they have, con they have contracts with everyone over there to try to get, um, games and because they're an independent but with the ACC it, it just makes the most sense because they're already they're already in the ACC for every other sport besides hockey where they are in the Big Ten I mean location wise the Big Ten would make the most sense but I don't think the Big Ten has any interest in extending an invitation to Notre Dame the way the ACC has um, and the ACC commission already came out and said that we'll help Notre Dame out yeah no shit you can help them out because your team's a trash outside of Clemson so <laughs> you need them it, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah you need them and and then you know you get desmond howard on espn being like no you, college football doesn't need notre dame you, college football does need notre dame still i mean yeah. they're still a, a top you know eight team in the country when they're good and when they're bad you know everyone still talks about them so win 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 so <laughs> i don't i don't I'm, I'm curious. I hope they join the ACC. Uh, that's all I can really say. I hope they join them because then they'll, I'm, I live in Boston, so they'll play BC more. <laughs> yeah. See them that's more a good live. Point. And you kind of answered, you answered my next question was going to be like, 
would you rather join the ACC or the Big Ten? You, and, and I think you just brought up an incredible point there that you're exactly right. The ACC needs Notre Dame. I think going to the Big Ten would help Notre Dame's ge- geographically and also in terms of like, okay, we're playing in the tougher, better conference, you know, more blue blood teams. Yes, we're playing Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State now. Um, you left out Nebraska when you mentioned uh, good programs. But just saying um, – <laughs> It was intentional. You're right. <laughs> if you do go to the ACC, yeah. I mean, um, if you do go to the ACC, we've already seen it with Clemson. It doesn't matter that the ACC is trash around them as long as they get through it undefeated and look good doing it. You know what? I was uh, coming into this. I was like, I feel like I'm going to have to tell them that they need to belong in the Big Ten. But I, you swayed me. I think the ACC is a smarter move for Notre Dame. So um, let's speak of the ACC quick because. There was actually uh, coming out today, the ACC is kind of planning their own in-conference plan, which theirs was splitting the conference up into three geographical pods with Notre Dame in those pods. And it'd be like Notre Dame, Louisville, Pitt, Boston College. um, And I want to say one more team, one of the Virginia teams, either UVA or uh, VATEC would join that kind of Northern pod. There'd be like the Carolina pod of like Clemson, uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina, uh, Duke would be in there. And then there'd have to be like one uh, NC state would be in with like Florida state, Georgia tech, Miami, yada, yada, yada. It'd be five teams in each geographical pod. You'd play your four opponents twice. I think one at home, one there, basically, if you had to play them twice, deal with it. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting and that kind of helps out Notre Dame. I mean, that'd be a, a semi easy schedule of Pitt, Louisville, Louisville's a little tough, but I think you guys could beat them. And then uh, Boston uh, College and Virginia. Virginia's given Notre Dame trouble over the years. I will say that. Yeah, no, Virginia's definitely, you know, on the come up. I, I forget. I think, like, the coach's name's, like, Wolf or something. I, I could be totally wrong, but it's, it's a cool football guy name. So, I mean, Bronco when Mendenhall. I watched them play last year, thank you, Bronco Mendenhall. Um, the Virginia quarterback last year, like, lit them up at Notre Dame, and it was like I, – I was watching the end of my seat, and I was like, dude, we're going to lose this game. It's like I think it was the week – after they played Georgia, and I was like, "Oh, two losses, we're done. I'm just not going to turn a game on for the rest of the year." And <laughs> but luckily, they they pulled it. They pulled it off. But Virginia's no Virginia's on the come up. Um, but Notre Dame would absolutely destroy that um, that conference if they played in it. It I wouldn't agree. even be. Yeah. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with you there. So. Um, and I'm gonna we're gonna finish up this week's pod. We're not doing guess that fight song or from. Um, but we want to finish up here with with John uh, in his uh, favorite and worst Notre Dame <laughs> fighting Irish Golden Domer memories. We'll start. You know what? We'll start with the bad news first. What is your worst Notre Dame fan memory? Um, the worst one. I think the the obvious answer, but I'm not going to pick it. But I'm going to say it is um, them getting absolutely fucking annihilated against Clemson would be like the obvious choice. But the oh. one that really hit, the one that really hurt me was um, when they were ranked third third a couple of years ago and they played at like number like nine Miami and Miami blew them out of the water. I remember sitting there watching that and I had a couple, I had like 50 bucks in the game or something. And I was talking to all this shit to my <laughs> friends. I was like, no, Dan's going to go in there. They're going to kill them. They're going to make the playoffs finally. Like this Miami team, that they're, they're trash. And Miami just came out and it just like, I just smacked the shit out of them, and I was like, "Oh, I was so defeated." I was like, "Damn!" And I remember, um, I I had to shut my phone off because they were like, "Oh, I thought Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame this, Notre Dame that." You thought they were gonna beat Miami, and it's just like, no, no. And I think like that was the game. Like Brendan Wimbush had like four interceptions, and then Ian Book came huh. in and had like another four interceptions. I was like, dude, <laughs> it's like I, I'll go suit up down there, but I, it was that was tough to watch that game. I'm surprised. I, I would have expected the um, uh, the national championship against Alabama, right? Yeah, the, no, the anti Teo game, right? Because they were never they were never winning that. There was too much. It was too much, you know, backstory to that. You know, Manti Teo playing for his yeah. non-existent dead girlfriend. But you, you, I don't <laughs> think you can ever overcome that. It's like he went on yeah. Good Morning America, you know, two or three weeks before the game, and you know, bawled his eyes out. And then you you're going to expect you're going to expect him to go out on the field and play. And then it's like, you know, Alabama, you know, that year they had, all I remember is they had AJ McCarron just slinging the ball. So 
Yeah, that was Eddie Lacy too. And his girlfriend. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yep. True. You're right. AJ McCarron and his girlfriend with uh, the, the announcer there. Brent Mossberg. Wow, Jesus Christ. That yeah. was weird. <laughs> that that was weird. <laughs> oh man, that was bad. All right, what's your I, what's your uh, what's your favorite I was also, Notre Dame moment? Though? I was I will say I was a little surprised. No Bush push either, or was that like too young for you? That you know didn't quite. I remember. think too young. Didn't quite hit as hard. Yeah. Okay. Too young. Okay, I can understand it. Didn't quite hit as hard. My, didn't understand. You know, just uh, no. It happens, but yeah. Um, my favorite. Uh, you know, my my favorite. I would say them making the playoffs if they. Put up more than three points, but I I remember always getting um getting revved up when they made the goal line stance against Stanford on the oh, one yard yeah. line. That was yeah. like oh shit, Stanford! How many times are you gonna do a halfback dive up the middle when you just get stuffed and stuffed and stuffed, and then oh you're gonna try fourth down stuffed. Um, so that that's probably my. My favorite moment because I always remember that, and I always remember just getting like riled up every every time I see that clip. Too, I'm always like, "Oh man, they're gonna stop!" I'm like, but you know the outcome; they're gonna stop. But um, so that one's probably it. But a, a close second would be them making the playoffs. You know, that's a that's a, an accomplishment in themselves. In itself, you know, they were the three seed, and you know, people were writing them off the entire year, being like, "They don't deserve it." Join a conference, bunch of bums, and all that. And they came out there, and they they were impressive. You know, twelve and zero that year, but that that was the uh, Clemson wasn't losing anyone, so it's like, what do you what do you want me to do? What do you want Notre Dame to do? Mm-hmm. It's like they, there was no way they were winning that game. You know, it was dominating Clemson. They, they were just too good. I'm trying to see who is the running back for that Stanford? It wasn't McCaffrey yet, was it? I don't think so. I'm trying to watch no. that highlight now. I don't. Right? Is that Bryce? No, not Gerhardt. He was. I think it's Bryce Love. Yeah. Then. It was like 2000. No. Bryce Love. My yeah, it might have been Bryce Love. Which not exactly between I think the tackles. Tommy Reese, no, no, because Tommy Reese was the quarterback for those Notre Dame, that Notre Dame team, I believe. And maybe Everett Gold. I don't know. I get them mixed up because I know they played at the same time. But 2012 would have been the year. So I think that was after Gerhardt, but before McCaffrey, and maybe before Bryce Love. Might just been a random Stanford running back. So that's a, that, that's a good one. I, I I do remember that. I remember watching that and be like, wow, they just yeah. they completely stuffed Stanford right at the goal line. That was incredible. So um, yep. no, that that's uh that is that is good stuff. Uh, another heartbreak one maybe for you, just to rub it in. I mean, we all remember the it was funny, <laughs> you remembered like three heartbreak years before you were like the like, what's your best memory? Oh man, I don't know. But the ones we've lost, I know those. Um because <laughs> I just watched it today. 2010 Michigan State, the fake field goal in overtime. Oh, that was uh, that had yeah, just an absolute gut wrencher. That stuff. Once again, yeah. I was in high, yeah, high school. I want to say, yeah, um, I was a Notre Dame fan, but I wasn't like a huge Notre Dame fan at the time. But I followed them because I I liked them, but I wasn't like pissed off when they lost. But I remember watching that and being like, wow, yeah. you know, that's that's a sucky way to lose. Um, another one too is. Um, <laughs> Last year was they when they lost to Georgia. They were the better team against Georgia, and yeah. Yeah. they they stopped moving the ball the last five minutes of the game. But I'm glad that Chip Kelly, not Chip Kelly, geez, Ryan Kelly uh, <laughs> fired that offensive coordinator to the moon because he was horrible. I don't even remember his name that offense coordinator, but just terrible, terrible, terrible play calling, and uh, it it showed. I mean, they beat Georgia there. They go undefeated. I don't think they. They lose to Michigan in the rain. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I was going to say a Michigan game with uh, Denard Robinson. That was another uh, another painful one for you. So just well, to keep, like I said, just well, to keep rubbing salt in the wound of uh, yeah, painful just, Notre yeah. Dame games here. That <laughs> Michigan one. First game in Ann Arbor <laughs> under the lights. Denard, you know, Notre Dame scores like forty seconds to go. Denard Robinson leads back this crazy last second drive. He was, he was unbelievable. I'll, I'll I mean, take a loss. True. Yeah, I'll take a loss to him. He was great. As no Dame fan, I love Denard Robinson. So, or there's also um, a little bit before both of our times, <laughs> but um, 2000 Nebraska in South Bend, Eric Crouch in overtime. But uh, just you know, just throwing that out there. But, yeah, um, it just goes you know, to show you had to go back that far, 20 years to find yeah. a uh, <laughs> when, when Nebraska last Notre Dame. That's my last happy Nebraska moment. Okay. I got a question for you, Connor. What about um, Scott Frost on the hot seat? Oh, no. 
No, come on, stop it. He is not on a hot seat. Knock it off. Gilly <laughs> said that a couple of weeks ago. You're saying that. Knock it off. Scott Frost <laughs> is not on the hot seat. That is absolutely ridiculous. That is a ridiculous. He didn't recruit, how do you not recruit Burrow? Stop. You... Oh, uh, look, I know everyone wants to say that Joe Burrow was going to be like, how did they exactly? How do you not recruit Burrow? He wasn't lighting up the world his first year at LSU either. Okay, he he wasn't. He had an NFL team at LSU. He wasn't going to have that in Nebraska. He wouldn't be the Joe Burrow we know now. I'm not. I'm not accepting that. I am with Scott. It's easy in hindsight to say it now when he said, "Is he better than what we have now?" I am still fully on with Adrian Martinez as our quarterback. Haven't you guys had a Martinez a quarterback for the last ten years? <laughs> Feels <laughs> like it, right? <laughs> yeah. Didn't you have like Nick Martinez I mean, or someone? Taylor Martinez, T Magic baby. Taylor Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> Steve, Steve Scott, a friend of the program, still says that he's the best Nebraska quarterback ever, and that's just so wholly untrue, but it's funny that he thinks that. <laughs> that's the only one he can remember. <laughs> dude, dude, when the guy threw, it was a shot put. Maybe we'll have to try to get him on as a guest some week. That'll be fun. Taylor Martinez, good Lord. That is fun. I guess from the outside looking in at Nebraska football, yeah, it feels like we've had a Martinez here for the last decade, but um, that's going to yeah. do it for us this week. Um, I I don't, I'm not drunk enough to get into my best and worst Nebraska memories of my lifetime. Um, but John, thank you for joining us here this week. Again, remind the people of where they can find you on social media. Yeah. So, um, follow me on Twitter at uncle underscore Mac four. And, um, I just want to say thank you again to Connor and Mike for, and, uh, and verbally committed guys go, go follow, go subscribe. Thank you, John. John. Appreciate that. South Bend. I've driven through their beautiful town. And there's a picture of uh, Brady Quinn basically wherever you stop, like you would see the president at the border crossing or the DMV. So <laughs> I, I did like South Bend, though. Great place. Gilly, great mustache, great Fu Manchu. Love it. And uh, yes. thanks for being here. This keep week. it. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll keep it a little bit longer. We'll see. We'll see, though, how long it lasts. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, that was Verbally Committed this week, Episode 6, the Baker Mayfield episode presented by Couch Guy Sports. <laughs> Follow Couch Guy Sports uh, on just about everything. They're blowing up. They're everywhere. So uh, that was John McCormick. The other one was Mike Gilligan. I'm Connor Ryan. Let the tunes of the Notre Dame fight song carry you on for another great week, and we'll talk to you later. See you, everybody. Keep waking up dangerous people.